For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back, folks, to today's episode of the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast for today's NFL Draft Prospects Spotlight interview. Over the summer, I had the opportunity to speak with top long-snapping prospect Sean Mills at the University of Toledo. As with a number of these interviews, because we have so many, we didn't get the chance to run Sean's until now. And as they're playing, and as the Mac is playing, Sean has still maintained the level of notoriety as being the top prospect in this year's class, in my opinion. So take a listen to see how Sean is preparing for the NFL Draft and for his future after football. Now joining the show is Toledo long snapper Sean Mills. Been there for a few seasons now. Previously played at Illinois as well. Sean, it's been a pretty difficult offseason to navigate for a lot of people considering all that we're dealing with COVID-19. How has this offseason been for you so far? Well, to be honest, it's been pretty regular. Um... I'm fortunate to I'm fortunate enough to have like a home gym at home. Um, I was home in Jersey for about two and a half months before getting back to Ohio. But um, during those two months, it was normal. I got to lift weights. I got to snap. And being a long snapper, those those are the biggest things to, in order to uh, main weight, maintain weight and just be able to snap. I don't need a full team in order to keep to keep how I am. I just need myself, some weight, and somebody to catch my balls. So a number of guys that I've talked to who said that they have the home gym setup going on for them, some have some pretty elaborate stuff. Others were telling me that they were using sandbags or whatever they could get access to. What what do you have for your access that you were using? Was it something limited, or or did you have like a, like a legitimate setup going on? Um, I didn't have anything, uh, everything. So I didn't have a squat rack. I basically had myself uh, dumbbells. I went up to 60 pounds. Mm-hmm. So what I did was any type of upper body, you're able, I was able to like differentiate stuff that's doing high reps of this dumbbells, whether that be incline, regular. And when it comes to squatting, I would either go like dob squat Mm-hmm. Uh, just do incline, incline uh, lunges, and if I want to get anything more powerful, I got uh, sleds that I used to uh, stack on weight and be able to just push the sleds for anything heavier. So, Sean, I, I know you pretty well, and, and we talked the other day, and you were telling me about the project that you've been working on and, and how much you analyze other long snappers. In your opinion, what makes a great long snapper at the college level, pro level, either level? What what do you think are the core things that make a great long snapper? I think at the core is just confidence and accuracy because you can't have 
you can't have consistent accuracy without confidence in yourself that you can't hit the right hip every time. Um, not being the hugest guy ever, I was able to prove a lot of people wrong and be able to start at the Big Ten level as a redshirt freshman and not being the strongest guy either and ranking one of the best out of the freshman year out, out of the conference. And I think that's just because of being confident in yourself and just being consistent and through just through consistency and accuracy, you'll be able to hit that every time. Um, you're not like I used to go out on practice, um, like after practice, and snap to a garbage can for about an hour and a half, and I just did it until I felt like I was able to hit it every time, and then it became second nature. And once it becomes second nature, that's when it truly becomes efficient. So you you pointed out the amount of reps that really go into making a great long snapper and establishing that consistency. And as a, a fellow long snapper, I don't think a lot of people fully understand what it takes to become a good long snapper. So in your opinion, what what are some of the things about snapping that you think fans of football don't really understand? Um, it's eighty percent technique, twenty percent like power. You could see, you could see people that are really small, people that are like five eight, mm-hmm. and they could be able to snap. Uh, they could snap faster than any linebacker on their team. The weight, of, weight and strength has nothing to do with long snapping. It basically has everything to do with technique. Though the weight comes in when you get to college and you actually have to block and have to face bigger guys. But when it comes to like high school and stuff, it's all it all starts with technique. Mm-hmm. If you don't have technique, you can't snap. And what people don't realize with special teams, excuse me, it uh, a lot of us practice after practice mm-hmm. because with a lot of punters and kickers, we can't practice during the during uh regular practice times because everyone's practicing. We can't hit forty yard field goals because we'll be in the way. So at least. Through my career, we normally stay an hour and a half, two hours after practice to get our real practicing in. And being that the rest of the team don't see that and some of the coaches don't even see that, I believe that's something they they don't see. They don't see us putting in all the actual work after the actual practice. Yeah, no, it takes a lot of extra weird times to really get out there. That's a a really good point that you bring up, that it's not a – a typical schedule for a snapper. Sometimes you have to hang around for a long period of time after get out there way before everybody else. It's, it's not your, your typical practice schedule for a normal player. Now, Sean, talking about you specifically as a long snapper, what would you say is your biggest strength that makes you as good as you are? Um, it's, it's basically just confident through repetition. I, like I started snapping when I back in Pop Warner, so it it was it was second nature since I got to high school, and I was never the strongest kid, but what I always did was like whenever I went through an injury or or anything, I would go back to the basics. I'd go uh, I'd go to the five yard line and hit the upright on a field goal when my leg was hurting. I just hit that for an hour and a half and 
till I was able to hit it nine out of 10 times, 10 out of 10 times mm-hmm. until I was able to hit it. And I think that's one of the reasons why I was able to get so good because every time I was there two hours a day, just doing the same thing every single day. I was snapping every single time at the small target. People normally have a second position. I had the end, but when I got to my junior and senior season, I was strictly long snapping. So I was snapping two hours every day. I'd snap a couple hundred balls every single day. And that just adds up just like any other position. So you've been in a bit of a unique situation because a lot of college teams run spread punt. They run the three-man shield where you try to plug up that path from the snapper to the punter, and there's not really a lot of blocking at the college level for a lot of teams. Now, in the NFL, you can't run that spread-style punt, so you're required to play in a pro-style, a tighter, closer situation where snappers block on pretty much every single play. There's not really going to be an occasion where you don't block. You have been in that unique situation where the team that you currently play for requires you to block. It's very reminiscent of a pro-style punt scheme. How do you think that has helped not only your understanding of the game, but your preparations going forward to playing at the next level? Well, going to my redshirt year, it was a huge shock to me just through the fact that I didn't know we were blocking. And snapping and blocking and snapping and releasing are two totally different forms of snapping, in my opinion, because one, you're snapping and all your weight's going forward in comparison to snapping and all your weight going backwards, and you have the extra job of blocking the guy. And the guys that they put up is, they're not just second, they're just not, the, they're just not backups, they're starting D tackles or starting wide receivers trying to get past you because it's a gap. It's the shortest amount of yardage to get to the punter. So they're going to put their best guy like against Ohio state. They put both against me and trying to get a block punt. <laughs> and wait, wait, how was, so, uh, how was the dealing with Nick Bosa? Cause I got to ask, I, I was curious to ask later, but I, you brought it up now. What was it like having to block Nick Bosa as an underclassman at Illinois? Well, be honest. <laughs> a lot, a lot of film didn't show Nick Bosa. They had uh, two wide receivers. They have a bunch of small guys doing loops and stuff, and film. And I was, I was ready for that. And they didn't put that in until second half. They kind of surprised me with Nick Bosa. And after I got my first punt, and this was, there was a huge guy in the A gap, and I was like, okay, this is new. And he was the qu- he was the quickest guy I ever seen. <laughs> but luckily I was able to get luckily I was able to get a piece of his hip and get him far enough where he was able the punter was safe but I was like damn I went back to the sideline I was like hey like how's the blocking Bosa I'm like what are you talking about he's like that was Nick Bosa I'm like <laughs> nah you're joking with me and the next time I went up I was like I was like yo Bosa and he didn't really Oh, back. and uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he put him even after we we're down a lot in the second half, second quarter, he was still in, which surprised the hell out of me just because he was in, he just got basically just got defensive player of the year at Ohio State, yeah. So, 
Did did your coach really by that, but did your coach bother to say, hey, maybe we should get you a little guard help here? Maybe we shouldn't let you, an underclassman long snapper, go one on one with the Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year? Well, I did ask and she declined the advice <laughs> stating that the the edge rushers were one of the fastest people on the team. As I remember during the scout meetings. The two scout, the two edge rushers, were the top two uh, track runners in the state of Ohio, wow. and both of them hold records for the hundred meter dash or whatever sprint they ran. And I was like, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to argue because your point is also valid, but I need some help. <laughs> Man, that that must have been so, that must have been scary having to. Uh, take that one-on-one but going back to the question though that I I cut you off of what were some of the other things that you think have really helped you with blocking in college and being exposed to these pro style schemes basically one of the biggest things was having good a good coach and in my case it was the senior long snapper Michael Marn without without a good coach and learning the fundamentals there is no way you could become a good snapper in terms of blocking and in terms of snapping in general. You need someone mm-hmm. better than you to teach you. And he was able to teach me the fundamentals to the point where I never I never uh, got any bad habits. He taught me very simple, very simplistic, and to the point where I was never able to get bad habits, so I didn't have to waste eight months in order to change my form and create something new. Mm-hmm. So I, I say he was one of the biggest uh, reasons why, got, why I got so comfortable blocking. So every athlete has something that they focus on as soon as spring ball ends or for your case because of COVID, as soon as the season ends, during leading up to the year, maybe during training camp as well, going that far, that they all know that they want to work on an aspect of their game. What is something that you have been working on and that you're going to continue to work on maybe when the season's over to help you become the best possible snapper you can be? Well, after the season, when we're done with everything, I like to, I like to like just train my mental state and just take two weeks off of everything. Two weeks off of snapping, two weeks off of lifting, two weeks off of everything. Just be able to just uh, reset your mind Mm -hmm. and that's helped me out so far in terms of this case where this is my last season I would actually just be focusing I kind of be doing the opposite and just focusing more and preparing for pro day because at the end of the season you have time to relax because you have you have months to prepare for the next season in this case you only have a couple months until pro day Mm mm-hmm so my number one thing is weightlifting. I, uh, in terms of accuracy and speed, I think I'm the top of my class. But in terms of strength and weight, I think those are the one, one of the few things I could I need to focus on. So it's definitely just getting the lifting more and getting bigger in general to oh just improve my appearance. Gotcha. So uh, one of the last questions I got for you, you here, Sean. Uh, like I said earlier, I know you watch a, a lot of tape more than some people would consider snappers 
would watch or even should be watching. Who are some NFL snappers that you like to watch and that you're fans of in the NFL right now? There's a lot of guys I like. There's Because when you look at every single person, they all might look the same, but in terms of body, physique, and everything, uh, it all changed. Uh, like, the giant, the Giants long snapper is a multi-time pro bowler, mm-hmm. and the man's 250 at 260 at some times. And the guy, the guy, how does a guy that's basically a lineman snap for that long and that accurate? There's another Luke Rhodes, for example. He came out of a D2 college, D3 college as a linebacker, never snapped in his life. And within a couple of years, he became one of the best long snappers in the country. Mm-hmm. And that just amazed me because Oh, but going back to like long snapping, there's not a lot of linebackers that become long snappers. They're just like a bunch of regular athletes perfecting the technique of snapping. This guy perfects the technique of being a linebacker and snapping, which becomes a deadly combo. And uh, in terms of transitioning, because that's probably the biggest thing that comes from college to pro, being able to snap and block, is definitely the Carolina snapper. He has... He's he by the time he uh, ends his release, he's already taking his first step. Mm-hmm. He is one of the fastest transitions in the NFL by a long shot. Though it does affect consistency, consistency at times. It amazes me how he doesn't even finish his follow through, and his leg is already going back to block. And that just I can't comprehend that sometimes. Sean, last question I got for you. This one's a little bit more of a fun one. What's something about you as a person that uh, football fans, fans of Toledo football, uh, NFL fans don't know about you that you think that they should know? Something fun about you? Um, One thing is that it's just like long snapping is life to me. It's like I've been doing stuff as a kid, so I love to incorporate it into everything I do. Like if there's like a big, if there's like a big, like a uh, trick shot videos going on, uh-huh. like the, one of the, one of the big things like the bottle cap challenge, like when you have to hit something and the bottle cap goes off. One thing I wanted to do was show that off. So I did it by snapping and I snapped it on the edge of the football, hit the edge of the cap. And if we're at a party and people are throwing the football, I'm like, Hey, let me see it. And I'll snap the football into like, the second or third floor of the house and it'll be like, people will be all impressed. I was like, I, I, I just like to like, like just incorporate snapping to everywhere I go. And it helps me overall because you just incorporate it into everyday life. So, so you're saying you kind of use it as a, like a, like a party trick, if you will, like a, a way to, if you're, if you're yeah. somewhere, you'll, you'll try and find a way to snap there. It's kind of what you're getting at. Yeah, a little party trick. Like some people don't know I'm a snapper, so when they see that, I'm like, they're like, "Wow, who is this guy?" That's that's pretty good. I I know a lot of specialists like to goof around and do stuff like that, so it's it's fun to hear that you're uh, you're never afraid to long snap wherever you are. But uh, Sean, that's all I got for you here on this uh, prospect interview. Really appreciate you taking the time. No problem. Thank you for having me.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.